And Lord, we want to thank you that you have brought us thus far and that you did not bring us this far to leave us. That it was not our mastery of the situation, it was not our knowledge, it was not anything but you that brought us through, Father God. We thank you that it has been you that has held us up, that has surrounded us with your protection. And Father God, as we come to this place, we pray that you would send your word. That there is someone here that needs to know that it is you that is going to carry them through. That no matter what situation walked in here with us, that we are at the right place at the right time to be blessed, to be lifted. Because your presence is here and where you are, there is peace. There is promotion. There is order. There is power. So, Father God, we pray that you would bless your people on today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise on this morning. And quickly before you are seated, we can go straight into our text. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24, where it reads, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now going to Proverbs 24 and verse 3. By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearing and living out of his word. Let's give the Lord praise as we are seated on today. Also, I want to make sure that I acknowledge and praise the Lord for Deacon Emery Hill, who gave such an excellent announcement today regarding Men's Day. And I meant to speak about that, but you all surprised me with that video so good. I didn't know what to say. I had forgotten all about that, but I am looking forward to the word and the ministry coming out of the Brotherhood and Deacon Board Chairman, Chairman David Moore. Let's give our chairman a hand of our Brotherhood. Amen. Y'all might not know, but brother, brother Chairman Moore is a good, strong, cool brother. I like to call him soul brother number one. Amen. When he's not around. 
Amen. But I praise the Lord for him. And I am looking forward to his ministry on next Sunday. But as we move forward into the word, one thing that I am sure that we've all noticed as we've been driving around here in this great city of Los Angeles is the amount of construction that has been going on. Especially leading up into the time of the epidemic, there seemed to be a construction boom happening. In the past, there was an average of 50 large-scale building projects a year. But today in Los Angeles, we are looking at an average of 300 active construction projects a year happening in Los Angeles. It almost doesn't even look like the same city that those of us who are from here grew up in. You wouldn't even recognize Crenshaw, the same Crenshaw that was here when we first got here. But as we are as, as a church are now in a new season of building, it's something to keep in mind that we are not the only ones who are building in this time. Growth is happening all around us. And there's no reason why God's people should not be at the forefront of progress. Amen. But almost everywhere you look, you'll see those tall cranes stretching into the sky. Sitting in the traffic jam, we're so used to it that we really don't recognize how amazing it is how they first have to build the crane, then how the crane is able to lift all of that steel into the air. And they get to a certain level, then they build the crane a little higher. And then the crane builds the building a little higher. And so it goes until you have a structure that seems to stretch into the sky. I mean, it happens so often nowadays that we almost don't even notice the miraculousness of it. But the thing that never ceases to amaze me, though, is that before the building itself rises one foot above the ground into the sky, there's so much activity that has to happen under the ground. We don't even see what happens at the beginning of the project for the most part because it always happens behind that wooden wall that they build around the construction site. You'll know that something is going on because traffic will be stopped and those huge trucks will be lined up carrying loads of dirt and earth away. Scores of men are involved. Millions of cubic feet of dirt has been moved. Tons of cement and steel have been poured and set in the concrete. But again, the most amazing fact is that in the middle of all of this work and movement, as far as anyone could see, the structure has not even risen up above the ground. All of that movement of earth and steel and Whatever they were building is not even visible yet. 
They are building a structure which may rise many stories and feet into the sky. And after many weeks of work, millions of dollars in expense and manpower, they are not even one foot above where they were when they started. All of that time, all of that effort, but still level with the ground, unseen. One would think that the owner or the builder would be impatient, that the bank that lended the money for the project would be worried that they were not going to get that money back from the loan and that everyone would be impatient and discouraged by the seeming lack of progress. I'm sure that some in the public would be curious, wondering what is going on with that building. What are they doing in there? But most of all, we wonder when are they going to stop blocking the streets so we can get where we are trying to go? They call it progress. We call it traffic. (laughs) But what most of the people passing by and looking at the building don't know is that the builders at the moment are more concerned with depth than they are about the height of the building. They realize that something that the rest of us might not realize at the moment in the middle of the frustration of even more traffic on our commute, that they realize that to build up, you must first dig a certain distance downward. Those building the structure realize that how deep you dig your foundation determines how high you can build. Once the depth has been set and the foundation has been laid, the height of the building, how many stories it rises, has been set forever. The builders or some new owner cannot decide later to go beyond the maximum height set by the structural engineers. You can't add another floor at a later date. They must determine from the start how high they want to build and then get enough depth to accommodate the height. First depth and then height. Now the word of God has more than a few of what I like to call paradoxically wonderful statements. Life is full of them. For example, the man who seeks to save his life shall lose it. And the man who loses his life for my sake shall save it. Or, he that exalts himself shall be abased. But he that humbles himself shall be exalted. And another one, a true wise man knows that he knows nothing. Or, when you accept yourself just as you are, then you can change. Hmm. Now, one of my personal favorites that applies to my life is good judgment comes from experience. 
and experience comes from bad judgment. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that knows about that. Let's praise the Lord for all the experience we've gotten in life. <laughs> but one of the truest of these paradoxically wonderful statements is a key point of our conversation today. And if it, it is, if you want to go high, you have to dig deep. If you want to go high, you have to dig deep. First, depth, and then height. Our title for today, beloved, is Dig Deep. Say it with me. Say, dig deep. Now, Haggai 1 and 5 gives us more of these paradoxically wonderful statements. It, it says, now therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat but do not have enough. You drink but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Now, while this may be in reference to the children of Israel not building a temple, within it is a deeper meaning to us as a culture not building on a foundation of the word of God. Haggai 1 and 5 is what it looks like when we as a culture live from a shallow mind state and perspective. There have been those in our society who we would consider to be at the apex of success and wealth that still were not, were not happy and they even took their own lives. We who are the richest country in the world also has the highest degree of isolation, alienation, and the highest amount of hypertension and senseless mass shootings of any nation in the world. Along with the benefit of it, the advancement of the internet, we've come to the point to where we are so much more shallow. You can see it all over social media. On the downside, we are racked with greater degrees of depression and loneliness and social anxiety as many people tend to compare their lives with others. But I need to remind you that all that stuff you see on social media are just the highlights. It's the highlight reel of someone's life. So please don't take that as how your life should be. They do not show you the downside of that. <laughs> Narcissism nowadays is promoted under the guise of what we've come to call self-realization. And we seem to have embraced technology at the expense of our humanity. We are more prosperous than ever in the history of our planet, but we are also more empty. 
more shallow, more depressed, more wealthy, but more unfulfilled. Listen, the only way that we will ever find meaning and purpose as a society is by digging deeper into the word of God. I said the only way that we will find relevance and purpose and meaning as a society is by digging deeper into the word of God. Second Chronicles 7 and 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. How many of you know that our land needs to be healed? We have to be humble. We have to pray. We have to seek. We have to turn. We have to dig deeper. Again, Proverbs 4, 24 and 3. By wisdom, a house is built. And by understanding, it is established. Now, I strongly believe that this principle of first depth, then height, speaks to all of us today. First, it tells us that there are two dimensions of success. One is visible and the other one may not be so visible. The result can be seen and it is visible, but the preparation cannot be seen. It is invisible. Just a few seconds ago, you saw those artists up here that were playing their instruments today. They're at the top of their field. Praise the Lord for the band on today. I don't think you all know these brothers. I've seen some of them operating outside of the church, and they are some bad brothers. They make what they do seem easy, but it is not. For every minute that we see them playing beautifully, they spend hours upon hours. They have spent Days practicing their craft, sacrificing, unseen, away from the crowd. That's invisible. So many people want success, or at least they want to look successful. They want all the indications of prosperity and bountifulness, the shine, the bling. And they get disappointed when these things don't come to them and they grow malicious towards those who do succeed. Now, I might be dating myself, but they are the true definition of what we used to call player haters. (laughs) How many older people here, do they know what that means? We see accomplished and successful people that have achieved legendary status. We see the fame and we see the wealth, but we did not see all of the hard work they had to put in to become successful. We didn't see the struggle. We didn't see the pain. We didn't see the sacrifice 
that they went to, went through. How dare you look at someone who has achieved greatness and sneer at them for being successful? You have no idea what they went through to get where they are. And if you do know what it took, then that's even worse because you knew what it took for them to make it and you were not willing to do it yourself. Always had a good excuse for why you couldn't make the sacrifices that they made. If you are not willing to dig deep and do what it takes, then don't get mad and start throwing shade on someone else that did do what it took to make it. I was once told by the OGs, don't hate the player, hate the game. That person who made it dug deep and built a good foundation. Don't hate, congratulate, and then emulate. Look at your neighbor and say, dig deep. Dig deep. But this shows us that there is an aspect of success that corresponds with depth that cannot easily be seen. You see, the largest part of an iceberg is unseen. That's why they call the part that you can see above water the tip of the iceberg. If you don't believe me, just ask the crew of the Titanic. But like an iceberg, the most important aspects of success are invisible from the surface. Will. Training. Education, practice, planning, creativeness, persistence, hard work over a long period of time are the less visible, the invisible aspects of success. They are necessary. They are the part of the iceberg that you can't see. Most people who succeed did so by digging deep In those areas, by the time that we become aware of these individuals, as they rise higher and higher, they have already spent many years digging deep and laying a foundation of preparation and labor. You don't just start building upwards from the ground. You have to take time to dig deep first. In the world of mining, you have to dig deep. You're not going to find oil and precious stones and metals close to the surface. If diamonds were just laying around on the ground, then everybody would have them and, you know, they wouldn't be valuable anymore. You've got to dig deep. It takes time. It takes patience. It takes focus and dedication. And most people do not want to sacrifice what it takes to dig deep. Everybody say, dig deep. Now, the Basha Alba Trunca, also known as the shepherd's tree, at its tallest height is only 30 feet tall. But its root system 
goes down more than 230 feet into the ground. There is a fig tree in a cave in South Africa that is said to have roots that go down close to 400 feet into the ground. 400 feet into the ground. These trees will always have water because they drink from wells deep in the earth. And it's a small wonder why some olive trees are known to be close to 5,000 years old. A tree close to 5,000 years old, the same group of olive trees that Jesus prayed under in the Garden of Gethsemane could still be there to this day. Why? Because they have roots that dig deep. Let me tell you something. If you dig deep into the word of God and into the spirit, it does not matter what happens on the surface. Whether storm or drought, you'll be okay because your roots have tapped into that which cannot be moved. It cannot be used up. It cannot dry out. It is everlasting. Look at your neighbor again and say, dig deep. Amen. We drink from a well that will never run dry. We just have to dig deep. Hmm. Let's go deeper. We learn, we need to learn to use and develop our minds. We need to begin to think on a deeper level than what we're accustomed to thinking. Most of our schools today teach what we call facts based on what we can measure and quantify with our physical senses. But they do not teach character. They teach only on the basis of what can be seen, not knowing or realizes that the most important aspects of our existence are invisible to the naked eye. They teach knowledge, but they don't teach wisdom. They don't care about things of the spirit. But where there is no depth of thought, then there are foolish actions. If I start talking about all of the foolish actions that are at work in our society today, that will take us until tomorrow. But we need to develop the ability to analyze and evaluate. So many of us just plod along without even stopping to think deeply. We develop our plans and aspirations seemingly by accident. Oh, whatever the flow, wherever the flow takes me, I'm just going to go with it. But we seem to make the same mistakes over and over again, wondering why we're not getting a different result. Why we can't move further. Some of us follow the same methods over and over again, always wanting a different result each time. But your height is sustained by your depth. And only wise, deep thoughts can produce wise action. If we don't gain wisdom as a society, as people, all of our te 
technological or technical advancements will only speed us on our way to destruction. It's like giving children a nuclear bomb. But we have to dig deeper. Deal with the invisible before the visible. The inside before the outside. Deal with attitude before behavior. Focus on plans before actions. Reflection before endeavor. Be something and stand for something in your heart and mind and then your actions will have significance. This is not too heavy for y'all, is it? Amen, because we're all about growth. Amen. Praise the Lord. But here's the main point. If you don't remember anything else I say to you today, remember this one thing. That our spirits and our lives benefit most from digging deep. We are called to dig deep and build upon the foundation laid by the Spirit of God. The deeper you dig, the higher you rise. The deeper you dig, the higher you rise. Amen. Somebody give the Lord praise on today. I know this is a hard pull, but we're going to make it through. And I need for you to think about this, you know, tomorrow, this week. Amen. Now, there is another level that we can speak to here. The first level we've talked about is in our personal relationship with ourselves and with God. The other level is in our relationship with each other. We are called not only to build on the foundation, which is Christ, but we are also called to assist in the building that our Heavenly Father is doing in the lives of our brothers and sisters. We are called to build each other up. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. Romans 14 and 19, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Ephesians 4 and 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. It amazes me how it can take so much time to build a beautiful structure. And it only takes a couple seconds to destroy what took so long to build. Reputations take years to build, but they can be destroyed in one moment of weakness. It can take years for a person to be built up in the care of a ministry. In the care of a church, they could have been coming to church, rising higher and building up for years. And one, kind, one unkind word spoken in meanness and judgment can do all of that work and care that has been put into that person. 
One person speaking to you meanly when you come to church wanting to hear the word of the Lord can tear down everything that God has been trying to do in your life. There have been people who I've seen that were vibrantly worshiping as a part of the life of this church only to find myself heartbroken when I find out that that person ran, that somebody ran them away with a hurtful, judgmental word. Some people walk around here like self-appointed demolition experts. Demolishing people with words and actions and attitudes and negativity and judgment. You know who you are even though you don't think that I'm talking about you. But I love everybody. Amen. We're going to keep it going. <laughs> But what they forgot is that we are called to be builders, builders of lives, builders of each other. We are to build each other by encouraging each other, praying for each other, by not gossiping about each other, but by checking on each other, praying for each other, especially in these times of me first. By lifting each other with our words and our actions. By loving each other. Now God has something in mind for each and every one of us here. He's trying to turn us into something. He's trying to build us into something. He's trying to build you into something that you could not imagine. But you're going to have to dig deep to get it we have to dig deep into his spirit to find ourselves in him and when we tear each other down in any kind of way we are acting exactly opposite of what the will of God is trying to do not only in our own lives but we are getting in the way of what God is trying to do in the lives that he actually sent his son to die for we are called to build each other up. But in order to do that, we have to dig deep. Now, one of my favorite trees doesn't have a very deep root system. And that is the redwood tree. That's a sequoia day or sequoias. If you've never seen the redwoods, do yourself a favor and make your way on up to Northern California and see them before they're gone. I promise you, you'll never be the same. And you'll never be the same after you see them. They are the tallest trees in the world. Some have been measured at close to 385 feet tall. A tree that is 385 feet tall. They are so tall that you can't see the top of them. They're about 33 stories tall, some of them. They're about 20 to 25 feet wide at their base. But the strange thing about redwoods is that their root systems are comparatively shallow compared to other trees, especially the Bashia albatronca, which goes down 200 feet into the ground. The redwood trees, their root system only goes down six to 12 feet under the ground. 
How do they stand up and get so tall? Well, the root system, and here's the thing about the redwood. The root system of the redwood tree, even though it goes down only 12 feet, stretches out close to 100 feet wide. So when you get a group of redwood trees growing together in the same area, you get interconnected root systems that link in and lock in with each other. They intertwine and interweave with each other and it becomes impossible to knock one of them down because their foundations are interwoven with each other. They draw their strength from each other. Now you might not be as deep as Bishop Blake is in the word or some of these prayer warriors walking around here, but if you get rooted together, then there is no wind, no storm that will ever blow us down. Let the storms of life blow. Let them blow as hard as they can. Together we can withstand anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. There is so much that God has for us as individuals and as the body of Christ. God wishes you to rise as high as the heavens. But if you want to do that, you got to dig deep. If you want to kiss the sky, my brother, my sister, then you have to learn how to kneel. You have to dig deep. Psalms 107.23 says, those that go down to the sea in ships who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. If you want to see the real works of the Lord, you can't stay in the shallows. You have to go to the deep. You have to dig deep. But it's scary out there. Some folks go to the deep and they never come back. But you have to go into the deep. But it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. And if you want to see the deep things of God, my beloved, you have to dig deep. Hallelujah. When Simon, when Jesus first met Simon Peter, he got into Simon's boat and asked him to go a little bit far, a little bit from the shore so he could preach to the large crowd that was following him. After he finished preaching, Jesus wanted to be a blessing to Simon and his crew. So Jesus said, launch out to the deep. Launch out to the deep. Simon Peter said, we have been fishing and toiling all night and have caught nothing. My back hurt. My hands hurt. It's late. I'm tired. I don't want to see another boat. In fact, I didn't even want to go out from the shore so you could preach on the boat. Amen. But nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Nevertheless, I will go out to the deep. Well, we know the rest of the story. When they went to the deep, they ended up catching more fish than they could handle. 
They caught so much fish that their nets began to break and their boats began to sink. Bishop likes to say that they caught a net-breaking, boat-sinking blessing. Somebody give the Lord praise on today. If you want a net-breaking, boat-sinking blessing, if you want a blessing that you do not have room enough to receive, give the Lord praise on today. Hallelujah. Let's dig deeper, church. Let's dig deeper. Love, commitment, obedience, prayer, fasting, giving, that is how you dig deeper. And to go high, you must dig deep. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as evil eagles. They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There is a special place in God, but to go there, you have to dig deeper. God wants us to dig deep, deeper into his spirit, deeper into his will. Don't be afraid of the deep. Psalm 95 and 4 says, in his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. If God calls you to the deep, then the most unsafe place for you in the world is the shore. If God calls you to the deep, then the most unsafe place for you is the shore. We have to dig deep. Everyone standing in the house of the Lord on today. Everyone standing. I'm through. Hallelujah. Everyone give the Lord praise on today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's all right now. It's all right now. God said, it's all right now. It's all right now. It's all right now. God said it's all right now. It's all right now. It's all right now. God said it's all right now. It's all right now. It's all right now. God said, it's all right now. It's all right now. It's all right now. God said, it's all right now. It's all 
All heads bowed, all eyes closed, it's time to pray. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but after the Spirit. If there is someone here under the sound of my voice, someone online that is ready to dig deeper, if you are here in the building with me, come on down here to the altar. We're going to pray with you. You don't have to be ashamed. You're among friends. We love you. But if you want to dig deeper in your endeavors, if you want to dig deeper in your projects, if you want to dig deeper in your relationships, if you want to dig deeper in your life, just come on down here. We want to pray with you. We want to stand with you. We want to encourage you. Hallelujah. We want to help you go deeper. You need to know that the Lord wants to take you deeper. Deeper into his will. Deeper into his love for you. Deeper into his purpose for you. Oh, come on down. We want to pray with you. Right now. It's all right now. It's all right now. God said it's all right now. It's all right now. It's all right now. God said it's all right now. 